As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure, as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now, for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com. The bill we have today to vote on, the Women's Health Protection Act, and I respect people who support, but don't make no mistake, it is not Roe v. Wade codification. It's an expansion. It wipes 500, 500 state laws off the books. It expands abortion. And with that, that's not where we are today. We should not be dividing this country further than we're already divided. So last night, a big failure, and that's what he was alluding to. Uh, that was Joe Manchin right just then, because they're, they were trying to push through this Roe v. Wade bill, and they were unsuccessful at doing so. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. Is it Thursday? Yeah, it's it Thursday. Thursday. Why do I keep thinking it's Wednesday? I, oh, you know why? Because I, I put the wrong link in my rundown that said Wednesday instead of Thursday. That's why. Welcome to the program. Dana Lash here. I hope you signed up for the newsletter. I tell you that every day because you should. You should. Got a lot of stuff to get into. Uh, because we got some Pennsylvania primary slap fighting and the moves last night as it relates to abortion. I wanted to share with you audio soundbite one. This was Elizabeth Warren. So while Joe Manchin was out talking about all of this, so was Warren. But I want you to listen to her remarks on this because I don't think she understands how filibusters work and their purpose. Listen. I believe in democracy. And I don't believe that the minority should have the ability to block things that the majority want to do. That's not the Constitution. What we're talking about right now are the individual rights and liberties of half the population of the United States of America. I think that's enough to say it's time to get rid of the filibuster. We need to protect Wait, so I'm curious, what did the filibuster have to do with this? Because it was 51, it was a simple majority. What, what What did the filibuster have to do with that? Yeah, I mean, I know they use the filibuster all the time. But even with that knowledge, what in the ever-loving hell does the filibuster have to do with what happened last night? They had a majority. They had a majority that voted. So the end. I, she's a kook, man. Honey, would you like a beer? She's so weird. I'm never gonna get over that. So, the, uh, yeah, it it, it ended up. It was you had people like Joe Manchin who ended up, everybody's blaming Joe Manchin this morning, saying it's all Joe Manchin's fault. But ultimately, really, it's Democrats' own fault because they're so damn extreme. I mean, for the love. You know? I mean, come on here. You're talking about doing something all the way up until, you know, even when the baby's crowning and then you're shocked that people think it might be just a little too much. A little much, you think? That did it. That did it all by itself. You didn't even have to have Republicans go out there. Good grief. All right, so that was this that took place yesterday. Also yesterday you had uh, US Court of Appeals 
They ruled on California's ban on sale semi-auto weapons to adults under 21. They said it's unconstitutional. So there were a lot of things that were happening yesterday. And we're going to get into, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that and what that, because it was unconstitutional. But yeah, 49 to 51 vote. Did you see, oh, by the way, did you see the furious female lawmakers, which sounds like a really bad cover ban? Um, they marched through Congress chanting, my body, my decision. And then they had all the people who were the handmaidens. It was Halloween. They were at Amy Coney Barrett's house last night. I guess they thought it was Halloween. And they wore their little submissive handmaiden costume, which I actually think that they have a fetish about, to be real. Uh, But they wore those. And um, they had all of these women marching through the halls of Congress. You know, you can march to Target and get $9 birth control just as easily as you can march through the halls of Congress. And I just feel like that people need to be made aware of that very simple fact. So... That is uh, some interesting developments yesterday because it's too extreme. I mean, when you look at what happened in Colorado and everything that they were trying to push in Virginia, it's just too extreme. I mean, come on. Democrats are their own worst enemies. They really are. So a few other things that we're, we're kind of watching for today, and we'll talk a little bit more about this as well. So do you remember the story about the crack pipe in the safe smoking kit? And do you remember how Jen Psaki said repeatedly that this was it was a lie and that it was misinformation because it was the uh, Washington Free Beacon that had first reported it? Do you guys remember this? And so the Washington Free Beacon, they did what we call journalism and they went out and they actually looked at all this stuff because they said, I mean, I'm just looking at all the Reuters had fact check U.S. government officials did not say that crack pipes would, de- would be distributed in safer drug kits. Fact check. Uh, this is from uh, CNN. Biden admin isn't funding crack pipes. Fact check. This is from AP. False claim that Biden admin, admin is distributing $30 million of crack pipes. PolitiFact. Conservative commentators set off a firestorm by accusing the federal government of spending $30 million on crack pipes. But that isn't, what hap- that isn't what's happening. Oh, except... Except... Here's the story. Yes, they absolutely hella did include free crack pipes because the Washington Free Beacon went to five different cities and got five free crack pipes in five separate free safe smoking kits. And they took pictures and recorded everything. So, yeah, Saki had said that they were never part of the kit. It was inaccurate reporting, except they literally do contain a crack pipe. Apparently in Richmond, you get two crack pipes. In Boston, you get one crack pipe. In New York City, you get one crack pipe. You don't get the uh, alcohol pads and the lip balm in the New York City one. So in Boston, you get a crack pipe, uh, the alcohol pad. Stuff that I would imagine looks like shoving the stuff in the crack pipe. Lip balm. In Washington, D.C., you get, I guess, you get one crack pipe. I don't know what the hell some of this other stuff is. Here, here, you need to, see, this is when we need somebody who knows drugs. We need to get a junkie on the street and be like, okay, I want you to explain all of these accoutrements for us, please. Yeah, I mean, can we, we really need Hunter to explain how all this stuff works. I don't know. I don't smoke crack or meth. Can't look at that photo. I put it in slide. So, so you see what I'm saying here? So you have in Boston, you get two free alcohol wipes, a pack, a little pack, a package of lip balm, uh, some copper with the, f- I, don't, I don't know what that is. What is that? Is that copper? 
It looks like one of those Brillo pads, like scrub. But it's like it looks like it's a Brillo pad that's been unraveled. So it's a string of it. And then there's what looks like the a popsicle stick with the popsicle off of it. A lollipop off it. And then in Washington DC get the crack pipe, two wooden things, four alcohol pads, it looks like. You also get pre cut squares of foil, you know, for the the meth rock, I would imagine, or crack rock. Three things, I don't know what those are, the little coil stuff again, one big ball of it, and then two red cap things, I don't know what those are. Uh, Baltimore, wow, they're really generous in Baltimore, holy wow. Now, you don't get the bubble on the end of the glass pipe. See, this is this one we really do need a crackhead, somebody call Hunter. You get the Charm City Care Connection, and you get one, two, three, four of these glass tubes, four little balls of the wire stuff, one depressor it looks like a tiny skinny tongue depressor like a tongue depressor for fairies or something i don't know it's just a little bitty tiny you get four of those little stoppers yeah and then you get an alcohol you get two alcohol uh little prep things you don't get the square cut pieces of foil dc is the only one that sets you up like that and then in new york city that's the cheapest one the ch- you you literally get one crack pipe, one little wooden thing, three I little in. Is that little wooden guinea thing pig a, pellets. Is that I don't a bendy know. straw? I don't know. And then a little ball of wire. And Richmond, so Richmond and Washington are the ones that set you up the most. So if you're going to go get your free crack pipe. So in Richmond, you get two crack pipes, three glass tubes. I, I, I mean, when I say two crack pipes, I'm assuming the thing with the ball on the end that I see, you know, my in-laws put in the garden to water their plants, and you put the water in the top of the ball. I'm like that, I was like, is that a garden tool? A little tiny garden tool? That, and then a razor, four different colored straws, a tiny plastic spoon on a gold six of clubs playing card. Okay. Two packages of lip balm and four packages of alcohol wipes. So I really feel like Richmond sets you up the best. Richmond followed by D.C. Baltimore, yeah. Or Baltimore. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You don't get no. You don't. You don't get the foil. The foil really rains. I mean, I'm really shopping hard for here. Steve. Steve's like, why they got to do my hometown like that? So yeah, Richmond probably number one. I would say maybe, maybe Baltimore number two. D.C. three. Boston four and then New York New York City they don't even care you they don't even care about your crack smoking habits I'm fascinated by this I don't know why but this absolutely fascinates me it's like you can see who cares most about the people who smoke meth how many crack pipes pipes did you get in your let's smoke meth for free paid for by the government kit really it's what it is this fascinates me so bad I could talk about this for the rest of the three hours I really could what okay is there something with the lip balm the only thing I know about smoking drugs I learned from Dave Chappelle. Yeah, so I have no idea. I think there's lip burning that goes on when you put your lips on a hot pipe. And so the balm, I guess, Is helps. that what those rubber things are? Because, you know, like for one of my I cast iron so. skillets, I have a rubber thing that you put on the handle. Yeah. You know, is that what that's like? I think so. For your lips instead of your hand? Yeah, I think so. Ooh, you know what? So maybe then, I don't know. I feel like Baltimore and D.C. care a little bit more about your lip safety. Yeah. I'm just saying. I am fascinated by this. Oh, my gosh. So they found all of these, all of these in those smoking kits that they said weren't in there. 
Yeah, it's copper mesh. It's a cleaning product used to hold the crack rock at the end of the pipe. And see, all you got to do to get your little prep kit there at Charm City is you have to give initials and a date of birth and a zip code. Yeah. And you get directions for how to do it, too. Like, most of these people, I'm sure, have probably smoked drugs a lot, and they don't need instructions. But I love how the bag includes directions for how to smoke crack and meth. It literally tells you how. Wait, let me look at this. Wait, no, no. Oh, man, here it is. I got it. It says, beside the stem, our kids have screen and mesh. A piece of chore boy. What? Is best because they are non-toxic and do not break down when heated. Avoid plastic or steel wool screens, which can melt or break up into tiny pieces when heated. That's unhealthy while smoking crack. Your wooden push stick helps you pack a screen or a mesh into the stem. Then there's the bumper. A heat-resistant plastic or rubber mouthpiece. We called it to put on the end of the stem. To protect your lips from cracking, which can happen from the hot stem, you know, to smoke the meth and crack. Gum. Oh, there's sugar-free gum that helps to produce saliva, which protects your teeth while smoking the crack or meth. And then water, because guys, when you are smoking crack and meth, it is super important to stay hydrated. Staying hydrated is the key. Drink lots of water when smoking meth or crack, because this helps to prevent headaches. I am not even kidding you. It literally says that. I swear, hands to sky. I'm not even kidding you. Juan's like, but isn't smoking crack kind of already unhealthy? One would think. One would think. I mean, is it gluten-free, though? That's really where our concern lies. Is it vegan-friendly? Not quite sure. And that's Baltimore. They, they have like a whole little thingy in there. Oh, man. I am not dumb. I am absolutely obsessed with this. But my point is that the Biden administration lied. They lied. Of course they did. And they accused everybody else of lying. Who did they? Who, was the, who were the, the confab of crackheads that were coddled together? to produce these instructions or did they just get hunter for the instructions all right we got more to come i'm not done with this oh my gosh it's gonna you're gonna have to drag me away from this today because there's there's so much more on this piece good job free beacon they really they really brought it home y'all the real mvps today hey folks my new special biden's big oil lie is available right now exclusively on the first tv as gas prices rise the financial squeeze on american families is getting tighter by the day and instead of easing that suffering the administration hides behind calculated red tape regulations to dismantle domestic energy production and the motivation why is biden and the green agenda cronies why have they sold out america so easily i'll break it all down and explain the massive national security ramifications in biden's big oil lie biden's big oil lie is available now for the first tv subscribers just visit the first tv.com slash dana subscribe and start watching today and remember as a first tv subscriber you not only get access to exclusive specials and content You're supporting the only network dedicated to the fight for free speech. And that's why they're called The First. So don't miss Biden's big oil lie at thefirsttv.com slash Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So uh, a Seattle couple in their 50s sold their home and retired to live on cruise ships for full time saying that it costs them less than paying their mortgage 
Former accountant Angeline Burke and her husband Richard, 53 and 51 respectively, they like going on cruises and they go at least once a year. They wanted to cruise full time when they retired and realized they could do it sooner than they thought. So they quit their jobs in 2021, sold their house. They don't plan to live on land again in the future. They spent about 89, day, 89 days per total, which comes to about $32,485 a year, they said. Annual mortgage payments in Seattle would be double what that is because the houses are just under a million on average, which is insane. So they they went and they live, they live on a boat for full, they travel around the world. And they live on a cruise ship. And they said that it's so, the cost of living on a cruise ship a month is $2,000. Where in Seattle, it's $5,000. Uh, so yeah, that kind of makes sense. If you, or you could just not live in Seattle. I mean, that's also an option. North Korea, guys, said it detected its first ever coronavirus case, which you know is a total lie. Although it could be true because they don't allow anyone to leave and no one's ever allowed to come in. I'm just saying, I watched Crash Landing on You. I saw that K-drama. I know exactly how this stuff works. Uh, A man died of a heart attack while burying a woman that he strangled. According to Business Insider, a man had a heart attack and died while he was burying a woman that he strangled in his yard. Uh, it was in South Carolina. She totally died by strangulation, and he died by heart attack. They they had the corner there. Uh, he was burying her in a pit. That's all they know. So, wow. I mean, karma, I guess. Stick with us. We got more. Small business owners, have you ever been confused about how to handle a situation with an employee? Are you confused about what employee documents you need to store or stressed about navigating through HR compliance? Now with Bambi, you can stop struggling with HR. The bad news is that one complaint against your company can turn your world upside down. The good news is that Bambi is an HR platform for small business owners, and they help implement good HR practices. Built for businesses like yours, Bambi's HR Autopilot automates your core policies, your workplace training, and your employee feedback. Then your U.S.-based dedicated HR manager will help you navigate the more complex parts of HR and guide you to compliance, all available by phone, email, or real-time chat. An in-house HR manager can cost up to $80,000 a year, but with Bambi, your dedicated HR manager starts at just $99 a month. No hidden fees, cancel anytime. Visit Bambi.com slash Dana Show right now for your free HR audit. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Dana Show. Bambi.com slash Dana Show. You run your business, now let Bambi run your HR. Bambi.com slash Dana Show. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. Remember those long lines you'd see in the television? People lining up in all kinds of vehicles just to get a box of food in their trunk. How quickly we forget people were hurting. And what did the MAGA crowd want to do? Forget it. Forget it. God, this is the United States of America. The idea that people would have to wait in line an hour, hour and a half to get a box of food in their trunk. It's just unbelievable. Why is he yelling? I mean, he caused this. I mean, this was you. You did that. You did it. Good heavens. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lashier. We're going to talk more about this. I just wanted you to hear him screaming. I need to talk about another issue that is Kane's dying already because I don't know where the segment's going to go. So I saw this piece. It's the stupidest thing I've seen today. 
This right, this piece and the guy who wrote it are natural birth control. <laughs> Ladies, if you want to make sure that you're not going to have babies, then just look at this guy or read anything that he writes because your ovaries will scream and they'll roll up their your their fallopian tubes like Beetlejuice's arms when he turned into the carousel towards the climax scene. So this dude, his name's Nathan Grayson. So here's the piece. Oh, for the love. Here's the Washington Post piece. You ready for this? Okay, here we go. As Roe v. Wade repeal looms, video game industry stays mostly silent. And here's this little twerp, Nathan Grayson. Uh, him and some broad. I'm edgy. I dyed my hair blue. I can, I'm a Gen X. I can totally make fun of these people. I had my head shaved and my face pierced like in the late 90s. I will totally make fun of you. So they go, I reached out to over 20 major video game companies about whether they intend to speak up in favor of reproductive rights or provide monetary aid to employees. Just a few said yes. Most said nothing at all. Oh my gosh, I'm so here for this ratio. We're waiting for Wario to weigh in. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to think, oh, what about the, the maiden Melina? We're waiting for her to, to weigh in. Only Elden Ring players will get that. Is she going to weigh in, weigh in while she turns my runes to strength? Is she going to do that? <laughs> Kane's dying. True. Hey, you got You haven't played the sidebar. You haven't played that game, have you? I have not. It's a really good game. Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah, you get killed constantly. I mean, it's just, you're like, how many times am I going to get killed today? But they don't care about any of this stuff. They don't care about any of it. Princess Peach going to weigh in? I mean, you're asking video games. The, you know, there used to be the joke that the people who played video games were the dudes who would never get laid. But I really think that's incorrect. It's the dudes who write about the dudes who play video games. Those are the dudes who never get laid. It's a true story. I feel like I'm watching or living through a South Park episode as it's being written. It's just so wild. So they have, they're upset because of the video game industry. What other industries I'm literally shaking are in? <laughs> what other industries are they? The casual dining industry? I'm sorry, but I didn't see any flair on the shirts and vests of the people at TGI Fridays. OMG. Like, OMG. Z-O-M-G. <laughs> what else? What else are we going to freak out about? We're going to, Big Meat, was Big Meat silent when I went and got my Jimmy Dean sausages? I noticed that no one in the Jimmy Dean sausage company said anything about Roe v. Wade repeal. Can you imagine, too? Any company that decides to come out on this should be dragged six ways to Sunday. Well, here at the Jimmy Dean sausage uh, manufacturing facility, we wanted to weigh in on Roe v. Wade. Well, it makes sense. You make sausages. But you know what? So do women like me who don't care about your opinion on this stuff. Good grief. Just provide a product. <laughs> like these people are never, ever, this guy's getting dragged and I'm here for it. Oh my gosh. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I mean, somebody's like, could you follow up and ask Mario and Sonic how they feel about the escalation of violence in Palestine and what Israel's role in the Middle East should look like? I'm sorry, can you ask Princess Peach uh, what, how she feels about women in Afghanistan now having to fully cover up again? 
I mean, how do you want to go? How do you, do you want to go on and on? It's really disconcerting that no one over at um, that that no one over at Gearbox at all whatsoever has weighed in on that cardinal who was arrested in Hong Kong. I mean, it's just truly like deafening the silence. Where all do we want to go with this? What about Javianas, the people who make flip flops? Really interested in what the flip flop people think about this. And while you're at it, can you talk to us about any potential like recessionary concerns and your opinions on quantitative easing? I mean, we really need Javianas, the maker of the ultimate symbolic beach flip flop to weigh in here. I really want to know what my tampon thinks about quantitative easing and also Roe v. Wade. I could go on. These people deserve to be dragged. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. These people are stupid, and the people who write about it are dumber. Can you believe we went out, we reached out, who sits around and is like, guys, you know we have an ass video games. I think, I get it, the guy thinks he's clever, because he's acting on a stereotype, because he thinks that most video games and companies and development and design, etc. are dominated by men, which they really aren't. I mean, I play casually. I've played since I was literally in elementary school. I've played casually. I played, actually, when I was pregnant with my first child, I was playing Mortal Kombat right up to the point we had to leave to go to the hospital. So I, I just think it's funny how we're trying to politicize even that. That's like our last escape. Stop it, you ghouls. So stupid. Golly. But you know what? It's Washington Post. Are they? I mean, what, what is the point of this? What is the point of them doing this? So they're they're acting like, you know, Bezos's attack dogs here, as opposed to watchdogs for the people. So they're trying to figure out what video game companies don't believe how they want to believe, so that they can go to the rage mob people and say it's time to hit up the torch and pitchfork store. This is what this fool's covering instead of what's happening at the White House, for instance. So Biden's holding a White House event on baby formula, no coverage because it's a viral event. Uh, meaning our viral video event. So they're like zooming in, I guess, <laughs> using communist Chinese technology. The press corps gets a readout in a press call after the event. Re- well, they remember yesterday I was reporting to you that they were supposed to uh, do this on the 25th of May. Well, they're having a hearing on this in May. And then I guess it was way too late. So everybody's freaking out. And so they decided to cobble something together for today. And so they're having this, they're having this meeting. The president for the first time is addressing baby formula. No one in the press can get in. Your, your baby can't get formula, but a crackhead can get free crack pipes. Let that sink in. I have a few other things here. Holy wow. So I wrote a piece yesterday about Dr. Oz. And he had tweeted, this was in 2018, because he's a Republican candidate. We've, have we heard? We've asked him to come on. And so far, his campaign won't respond, correct? Correct. So I'm going to let everybody in all of our 13 different affiliates across the state of Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz doesn't want to talk to you, apparently. He doesn't want to. And I'm, look, I don't do getcha stuff. I don't invite people onto my show to be a bitch to them. I never have, and I never will. But I am going to ask you questions, for instance. He tweeted back on March 15th, 2018, quote, 
Right now, the CDC at CDC.gov is not funded to study gun violence in this country. It's time we treat shootings as a public health problem. Contact your congressperson today to demand that they fund the CDC to comprehensively study gun violence. Hashtag in the band. Well, that's a Bloomberg talking point. That is exactly what you would say if you're anti-gun. I've discussed this at length. I've written two books where I've, I've addressed it. First off, he is lying in this tweet. The CDC is not barred from studying any violence at all whatsoever pertaining to the illegal use or carry of firearms. In fact, the language is so incredibly precise. It's from a 1996 budget provision. And what it did was bar the use of tax payer dollars to advocate for or against gun control. The sentence reads, quote, provided further that none of the funds made available for injury prevention and control at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention may be used to advocate or promote gun control. Not only can tax dollars not be used to fund gun control or promote gun control, they can't be used to promote pro-2A stuff. The left wanted to politicize science and research using our tax dollars, and when they were prohibited from doing so, they went out and lied to everybody and claimed that they were entirely banned from researching anything related to quote-unquote gun violence. Now, why would any self-proclaimed Republican want the CDC handling this anyway? This is the same CDC that destroyed their own gun control narrative in the 90s because they found out that lawful defensive gun usage vastly outmeasured criminal usage, and they didn't report their findings because it contradicted their support for gun control. If you signed up for my newsletter, you got all of the receipts on that in your inbox. This is a government agency that used our tax dollars for surveys to argue for gun control, and then they hid the results from the taxpayers when the results of the surveys compromised their political mission. This is the same CDC that lied about and inflated firearm fatality numbers and dragged their feet for two years before finally changing it. And by the way, they've been fact-checked on this by Forbes, USA Today, and PolitiFact. I know the left loves them. This is the same CDC that wanted to use its federal authority to falsely present a medical need to restrict firearm ownership, just as the CDC involved itself in state-regulated lease agreements for the sake of health. The same CDC actively erasing women in the name of science by tweeting and promoting and changing their documentation to birthing persons. And this is the same CDC, with receipts, by the way, caught misrepresenting the child fatality COVID rate And in response, the Wall Street Journal and Johns Hopkins publicly fisked and corrected their figures. So here's my problem. I have a problem with any Republican that chooses to describe the willful and deliberate choice of violence with an illegally possessed inanimate object as being similar to that of a communicable disease while using Bloomberg rhetoric to as a way to boost legitimacy of a federal infringement. That is inexcusable. Oz, Dr. Oz's rhetoric demands explanation and not excuses. This is a guy, and I have the audio, I'll play it for you later. He endorsed red flag laws. This is a guy who had no problem until his campaign with numerous previously published anti-Second Amendment columns ghostwritten for him. My friend Cam Edwards said this, quote, 
It doesn't matter to me if he's been endorsed by Ted Nugent, Donald Trump, or the ghost of John Moses Browning. What matters to me are his words and deeds. And Dr. Mehmet Oz has done far more to to advance the cause of gun control than the right to keep and bear arms during his time as a public figure, end quote. And all the people that he just mentioned, say for Browning, are friends of mine and I've known for over a decade. I get that a candidate's thinking on the issue may evolve and they may change their mind over time, but I've never seen anybody go 180 on an issue right before an election without any explanation at all whatsoever. It is right and just to ask questions and to, ma- to demand answers. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm all for welcoming converts to the fold, but that doesn't mean that you race to put them in important elected positions right away. Now, I want you to notice... This is when you're going to see whether or not the rhetoric from some of these consultants and pundits out there about putting the country first actually matches their actuals, their actual heart's desire to do it. We have asked Dr. Mehmet Oz repeatedly to come on this program and his campaign will not respond. And I'm going to keep updating you about it because he apparently does not want to address this. I'm not going to be a jerk about it. But I'm not here to, to, you know, to pat anybody on the back. I mean, I, I'm, I view this stuff the way that you do. I don't view myself as being on the side or friendly or all buddy-buddy with politicians. So we have, we're going to follow this. And we're going to also discuss some of the other issues going around because this is going to be a big issue in this race. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible and gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you also subscribe to Chapter and Verse, the newsletter over at Substack. I send out a lot of good stuff. So, like, for instance, if you are a subscriber, you got the piece yesterday about Dr. Oz and those gun control talking points with receipt after receipt after receipt after receipt, video, audio, all kinds of tweets, everything else. Plus, you got the link to the 1996 uh, budget provision that highlighted how the CDC is not, in fact, barred from studying firearm-related fatalities. They are simply barred from using taxpayer dollars, literally verbatim, it says in the provision, to use taxpayer dollars to promote gun control. In fact, the CDC, according to the very specific language in that 1996 budget provision, is not only barred from using tax dollars to promote gun control, they're barred from using tax dollars to promote gun ownership. It goes both ways, as how it should be. In fact, let's go one further. Why in the hell are these ghouls getting any of my money? Why are they getting your money? Good grief. We don't need the CDC, especially when they have been so political. Keep in mind, 
when they and I have the, the studies on this and I have their admission on this when they came out uh, they did a number of different surveys every single one of the surveys that they did on defensive gun usage showed that defensive gun usage by far outweighed that of criminal usage and one of the reasons it's very difficult to really whittle down the exact number of defensive gun usage is because every area counts it differently sometimes it's just presentation and then that counts sometimes you have to squeeze the trigger and that counts so there's a number of that's why there's some discrepancy there in that number but what they did legitimately finally conclude was that dgu vastly outweighs criminal usage and they hid it from the public Every survey they did, they hid it from the public. Since the 90s, they've hid it. Multiple surveys. And it, then it ended up getting found out. They dragged their feet on firearm fatality numbers for years before they were finally forced into changing it by, I will add, Democrat, registered Democrat criminal researchers. Mm-hmm. Stick with us. we got a heck of a lot more in store. It's the Dana Show. Back after this. Have you heard of American Wagyu? No. Well, I'm here to tell you it is some of the most sought after beef in the world and I can get you two free pounds. So our new friends at Good Ranchers are giving you two pounds of their American Wagyu burgers for free with my code Dana. So not only does Good Ranchers sell 100% American meat that is steakhouse quality, it is one of the best burgers on the market. And you'll find boxes like the Ranchers Classic, their best-selling combo of beef and chicken, or the new Prepper Kit. And with meat prices soaring, Good Ranchers will help you stock up. Have food security and save $25 on every box for life just with your subscription. So as long as you're subscribed, your price is not going to change. Two pounds of free Wagyu burgers and zero inflation. Yeah, this offer is not going to last long. So visit GoodRanchers.com Dana to get a box of amazing American meat and get two pounds of free American Wagyu burgers plus free shipping. That's GoodRanchers.com Dana. GoodRanchers.com Dana. Under my predecessor, the great Magna King, the deficit increased every single year he was president. The first year of my presidency, the first year, I reduced the deficit, literally reduced the deficit by $350 billion. Oh, stop it. You did not. You did not. That actually never happened, but okay. I mean, I love how he can just say it, but that doesn't make it true. Welcome back. I just saw a headline about Pizza Rat, and I thought that's so appropriate. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Good to be with you on this beautiful Thursday. All right, so I've... Jiminy Christmas. What he's saying there, when he... And I want to pick apart his statement, because the first part he was he was discussing... I first, I, well, three parts to it. Maga King, why would you troll yourself like that? It also suggests that Trump has a base that Biden lacks. But the great Maga King makes me think of Labyrinth. Right? Totally. Jared, the Goblin King, totally makes me think of it. I'm going to resist busting out the song. That was a musical I can watch, just by the way, is that one. Never, ever read, attempt to redo it for stage. I, I may riot. There may be arson. I'm just saying. The great MAGA king. Why would you troll yourself that way? Because now there's going to be merch. You know Trump already has that web domain? Yeah. MAGA. Or he has Ultra MAGA. Yeah. They bought Ultra MAGA. It's a whole thing now. I'm, I'm laughing my head off internally. I'm not an emotional person. So when I smile, I'm pretty much LOLing on the inside. But when you're talking about deficit increasing under Republicans, now here's a point that I have said 
when Trump got into office, one of the first things that he did was he started cutting all these government agencies, cutting their budgets. And I was like, oh my gosh, did we just become best friends? Because it feels like we did. That's how you become my best friend. If you come up to me like Dana, we're rolling back rules of engagement. That's one of the things he did. Dana, we're going to be cutting all this bureaucracy. We're going to be whittling it down, getting back to Article 1, Section 8. Oh my gosh. Like we're going to go to Jared's Jewelers and get some Ms. Paws. It's going to be so great. And then if you say further, we're going to be cutting all these budgets, cutting down the government spending. He was doing that. But what was weird is during his term, while he's like cutting elsewhere, Republicans in Congress were wanting to spend more. And he had, you, you have tax cuts and you had excess spending. This is where Democrats screw up because the problem isn't tax cuts. It is not the American taxpayer's responsibility to bear the penalty for stupid, reckless, irresponsible, math illiterate lawmakers in Congress who spend our money recklessly to the point where they have to figure out how they're going to continue with the large government they have they've created and also provide tax cuts and that's when they start getting into the talking point that tax cuts cost tax cuts actually don't cost it's our money we give the government our money to run the government and they keep expanding the government and then demanding more of our money to run the expanded part of government now that's not how that works and then, you know, we have income taxation that was made permanent by FDR, etc. The point is that I said back in, gosh, I said this back in 2016. I said it back in 2017. Republicans are going to get hit at some point. It may not be today, but they're going to get hit with the accusation that they allowed the deficit to increase because they did not rein in spending. Not all Republicans, but a good, there was a good chunk of them. The tax cuts were great. I love that. But I also said, there's going to come a time when you're going to start hearing from some people that we got to take away these Trump tax cuts because it's too expensive. The issue isn't us keeping our money. The issue is those damn people in D.C. spending all of it. That's what they refuse to say. But he won't divulge that because he's one of the people that desperately wants to increase government. And so to increase government, you got to be able to pay for it. So his deficit spending, Biden's, good grief, Biden's talking about the Build Back Better, which is, it didn't get legs because it was ridiculous. You're talking about bailing, I mean, giving federal, just giving away taxpayer dollars to green companies that have not been able to prove that by themselves they can withstand market demand and play in a free market. He wants to prop them up with our taxpayer dollars to the tune of billions. We saw that already under Obama Biden with Solyndra. Solyndra was a green company that got billions of taxpayer dollars. And what happens? They went belly up and they took all of our tax dollars with them. You never got a refund on that. I never got a refund on that. Why in the ever-loving hell are we even flirting around with the idea of doing it again? That's the whole point. And so, not only this, I got to get into this too. He said this yesterday. He was speaking about the economy. Audio sound by three. This is just nuts. And also inaccurate. We inherited the economy on the brink of the Great Depression. Millions of people losing their jobs, losing their homes, but even more probably losing hope. Hmm. 
Hmm. Brink of Great Depression. Did you know that? Well, we were in a pandemic and we locked down when we shouldn't have. That's another topic. We shouldn't have locked down, but we did. We locked down. And this um, great, great Depression, it wasn't a Great Depression. Look, I'm going to tell you this. Um, I think Trump had some really good economic advisors. I don't think he has the best people around him telling him who to endorse at all. At all. But I, he had some really good econ- and and plus he knew the economy. You know, he kind of he ran a bit. He took what his he inherited and like quadrupled it, and then he turned himself into a little franchise. I mean, that's smart. So he he knew. Look, we got to have tax cuts. We got to have people who are participating in the economy. That works. I was talking to um, we're redoing our patio. We were talking to some of the guys yesterday evening and they were saying that, well, one of the things that we noticed, you know, and we've because they've been in this for like 25 years. It's a father and son business. They've been in it for a long time. They're like, well, one of the things that we've noticed is that, you know, when 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 the tax cuts came in, um, you know, our business had been good and it was kind of hitting a lull. And then when those when the tax cuts came in back in 2016, they were like, oh, my gosh. Our business exploded. They had to expand. They had to hire a ton of new people. They couldn't, they did not want to turn away work. They were like, we're, they said, they're like, the phrase, we're, we don't want to leave meat on the bone. They did not want to turn away work. And it just, it was booming. And so you have to think, they're hiring people. They were able to increase their wages for the people who had been working with them longer. They're, the, and then the people whom they're getting, from whom they're getting their their materials, uh, whether it's, you know, if you're doing concrete, if you're doing tile, if you're doing, just got to think about all the little stuff that goes along with a project like that. That is paying those producers to make available those products. And in turn, they're having to make sure that they're either increasing wages or hiring new people to expand so that they can meet that demand. That is how this works. And he's like, now with inflation... He's like, it's hit our business and we're terrified. He's like, because if they start talking about raising taxes, the other thing, when you hear Democrats sit here and go on and on and on about we're going to raise taxes and it's only going to be on the wealthy, but it's never on the wealthy. You have S-Corps, all these businesses that file, you know, LLCs, all these individuals that file as, you know, when they when they file their taxes, it looks like they're wealthy and super rich. But the way that they file and the way that they are structured for tax purposes, it that's not the case that's their business not them they get that's 60 percent of the drive for all all of our our economy those people get hit the hardest with this because democrats are too damn stupid to differentiate you know because that's how stupid our tax code is it's incredibly frustrating and to hear him like he's talking about baby formula they're having this thing on baby formula right i'm just i'm I am absolutely floored that this is an issue in America. I'm floored. I had somebody that got that, that got uh, sassy with me. They're like, you should just tell these mothers to breastfeed. I'm like, well, I did, but that's not my decision. That's not everybody else's decision. You maybe should just mind your own damn business. Not every woman's biology is the same. Some women actually can't. One of my dearest friends, when she had her child, she ended up getting like an infection. She couldn't physically couldn't it broke her heart she couldn't 
So that's not the argument to be having with this. The argument to be having with this is, oh, my gosh, we're in the United States of America. It's 2022. And this is an issue. But do you know one of the things that that was picked up and I I'm trying to remember. Let me pull this up because I want to make sure I get the attribution right. I think it was it was either like Epic Times or DC Examiner. Here we couldn't get you can't get formula, but you can get crack pipes, right? Which is insane to me. They had, um, and this was, I think this was DC Examiner, yes. There's a couple of things. There's, I have another energy headline too. They were sending, and they were using pallets, uh, sending pallets of baby formula. I know they were sending stuff out to Ukraine as well, but Washington Examiner, here it is, Paul Bedard, who is not, by the way, Bedard is not like a super hyper uh, partisan. But he found there was that throughout this reporting on the nationwide shortage of baby formula, that there is apparently pallets of this baby formula also being sent to migrant holding facilities at the southern border. So... Border agents were sending photographs of the deliveries to several different members of Congress showing uh, pallets and pallets upon pallets upon pallets of baby formula. Uh, One was at the Ursula Processing Facility in McAllen, Texas. And one of the border agents, who is a grandfather, who has been a Border Patrol agent for 30 years... He told uh, this uh, congresswoman, Kat Kamek, that he's never seen anything like this, that his own children cannot get formula for his grandchildren, but they have um, a massive supply of it at the border. And Texas parents have been having a lot of problems. And I've heard from listeners out there who have talked about it and said that they've had a lot of pro- I'm going to pull up this because I had one permission. I had permission from one uh, person to share it. So there's one woman, uh, Juanita Reyes, who was saying that her daughter uh, was struggling to. Uh, she went to Target. She went to Walmart. She went everywhere, all the superstores, to try to get formula. She was only able to get like one uh, can of like Infamil, I think is 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 what it is, and. She just said she was only able to get one can. Um, they're, they're, the, those that have supply are rationing, but most, most shelves are empty. And she said, meanwhile, look at what they're delivering in McAllen. Whew. That was our KURV market down there. That's unbelievable. So are we gonna, what are we going to hear from the administration on this? Are we going to hear anything from this? Because they're having, I understand that they can't make it public because, or they, they can't stream it live because it's a video thing and they probably have stupid people. Is he going to be at a, like in D.C. or is he in his Delaware basement? I don't know. But they need to make like a video, some video of this public. Because this is a na- this is an absolute crisis. And I, it's just shocking to me that we're dealing with this right now. We have more on this because I have a ton of other economic headlines too. And we're also going to get into... Uh, some really bad, bad, bad media malpractice.
Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights in the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service. Plus, you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and they're 100% U.S. US-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. Patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Interesting story that they updated the survey on this, because now apparently it's gotten worse since they first did it back in 2021. There's a loneliness epidemic made worse by the lockdown. Uh, They said that there is... Uh, the surveys point to Americans having fewer friends than ever before. There's a survey center on American life. I think the reason why is because we totally broke the social status quo, right? The, the socialization status quo, and especially with everybody working remotely. I'm um, just saying the Hill reports, and you're going to hear a lot of talk about this. Gun violence spiked in the first year of the pandemic. You mean the first year when there was like the defund the police and all that stuff and criminals were running rampant and people were allowed to burn entire neighborhood blocks? They said that firearms were involved in 79% of homicides in 2020. And I'm going to look at the latest figures for this because this is CDC and I don't trust the CDC. I liked, I and even the FBI can be wrong with this. They had the uniform crime reports. But they were saying, oh, it's uh, the rate of gun homicides was among the youngest black males between the ages of 10 to 24. It's actually... They're, they're teenagers and it's not just black males, but it's teenagers and it's criminal activity and they're usually illegally possessed. But I do want to look at uh, UCRs on that. Uh, campus reform says that a college student was forced off campus because they would not get a booster shot, even though they don't prevent absolutely a single thing. Union College student was removed from campus because they didn't do the booster due to health issues after the previous vaccinations. They had a bad reaction an adverse reaction to the vaccine sh- to the, the previous shots and so they said that they weren't going to do it ellie puentes told campus reform after she got her second dose she had health issues she and like really bad she didn't want to get it again so they told puentes she couldn't come back to school ridiculous stick with us Service is what drives them. Well, service and a ton of caffeine. We all know that first responder communities mean a lot to those that they serve. And Black Rifle Coffee wants to give you the opportunity to support those who stand strong on the front lines. From now through May 15th, you can gift a coffee club subscription to your local department, donate directly to first responder charities, or join the coffee club and have a portion of the sale go to those charities. With everything a coffee lover could ask for, Black Rifle Coffee Company develops their explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as military 
military members serving this great nation. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana and use code Dana at checkout to get 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. Now through May 15th, gift a coffee club subscription to your local department or join the coffee club and have a portion of the sale go directly to those charities. And use code Dana at checkout to get 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana and use code Dana. Black Rifle Coffee, America's Coffee. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. So is this um, a bill to preserve access as it is today with Roe in place being the law of the land, or is, is the goal of the bill to expand it? The bottom line is this is a bill that is going to enable the woman to make the decision. And so we can have all kinds of arguments getting into the weeds about this, that, or the other thing, but uh, the fact of the matter is that the radical right-wing justices put on the court by the Republicans, particularly the last three justices, have decided that they're just going to overturn almost 50 years of a constitutional right. That is the bottom line, that we, through this bill, is restoring that ability of women to make the decision, not government. But, Senator, it's not getting into the weeds on this thing or the other. It's it's what the legislation is. It's what is guaranteed. by. Yeah, she she would not address it. That was a very interesting. That's uh, Maisie Hirono from Hawaii, who I, who is she talking to? He actually did a real good job because it wasn't Fox. CNN, Victor Blackwell. I can't believe I'm saying this for a guy at CNN, but that uh, well done. That's so weird. Dude, I got chills just now. Is my fan on? That. Jeez. Welcome back to the show. Jiminy Christmas. Dana Lash here. Sign up for that newsletter. You you really want to read, especially the gun control stuff, uh, that because that's all coming up. You're going to want to read that, and then I'm going to send out some stuff as it relates to baby formula too. I have a thing coming about that. Oh man. So SCOTUS. Let's talk about this. What happened yesterday, and be very clear about what happened yesterday. Democrats, they were not successful in uh, codifying abortion rights as a law, 49 to 51. Elizabeth Warren, I don't want to play it again because I can only take her so much in a day. You know what I mean? She came out and said that uh, this was, it was, you know, she blamed the filibuster and was saying that the minority shouldn't have the power that they do. Dude, this was 49 to 51. Who controls... Can you guys been tell me who controls the Senate? That would be, uh, thank you, Kane. I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you for keeping track of those facts. Yeah. Hashtag F-A-C-K-S, facts. Manchin said he's not going to vote to file cloture to end, filib- for, to end a filibuster for a bill. But it had nothing to do with a filibuster, though. This was 49 to 51. He was saying that if it got to that point, that's what he, you know, he's that's he was telling you what he was and wasn't going to do. And... Murkowski and and Collins each apparently submitted their own rights bill, abortion rights, which is a weird phrase to me. That was more, a little more narrow. But Schumer, look, Democrats are extreme. You remember when Pelosi said that there's no room for pro-life Democrats in the party. And it wasn't just her. It was was the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, the Democrat Senatorial Committee. They were telling these candidates that if you want to get campaign cash, you got to toe the line. They had no more room for moderates. None. And 
that's pretty extreme because you realize that the United States, when you compare our abortion, like um, allowances or restrictions to, like, say, Europe, theirs are way more restrictive. There's been a number of pieces. They're way more restrictive. And they act like, oh, it's the United States. It's so bad. It's, it's the United States. They're the ones. They're so strict. I wanted to, um, there's a couple of other things on here. Yeah, CNN's Victor Blackwell. He did a really good job. He did a really good job with this. And that bill failed. That's, I mean, that's, they control the Senate. They were not able to get it through. That's kind of what happens. It's just wild to see it blamed on kind of like everything else under the sun. But the bottom line is that Democrats, their position are way, it's, it's honestly, it's like the most extreme thing in the world. I'm pulling up this thing. Uh, I had it, I had it mislabeled in my notes. Because it is actually way harder to get an, it, I mean, it is. I mean, it's when you compare abortion restrictions in Europe to that in the United States. Yeah. The left is usually, is pretty shocked when they see that. There was a really good, here it is, really good piece in Wall Street Journal just four days ago by their editorial board. And it got into that. They said that their limits are way more, are way stricter than that of the United States. And that it's, and they are generally democratically decided to be stricter too. Democrats are just super extreme. I mean, they, they, I mean, they're incredibly extreme. I mean, the, the, and yes, there's some nuance there because not every country in Europe has the same uh, restrictions, but I mean, they, they're, it's a lot different. What is it like? I think Spain and Italy and Switzerland France and Germany apparently reportedly have like they I mean because they they have it between 12 uh, to 14 and then that's it a lot of states in the US you can go beyond that not every state but a lot Democrat run Democrats position is just incredibly extreme and that's why when you look at how Americans are surveyed especially remember the partial birth abortion debate I remember that when I was in college uh, Americans widely did not support that. And that was a position that dem- that at the time it was um, far left Democrats. And now we're basically at that spot again. You had Ralph Northam who had sat on a radio program in Virginia and this was in the lead up to uh, his election, his re-election, in which he was ultimately defeated by Glenn Youngkin. But he was defending all the way up until birth. Verbatim. That was, those were his words. And Colorado, you had Colorado Democrats and the head of their party there on the floor in their state legislature arguing for the same thing. That's incredibly extreme, and it's not where most Americans are. So when you look at the breakdown here, and Elizabeth Warren saying, well, this is the, you know, the minority shouldn't control the bottom. Actually, Democrats with their extremism are the minority. This is what happens when the people at the levers don't actually line up belief-wise with the people they're supposed to represent. Because most of the people voting for these Democrats don't actually believe all the way up until birth. And they don't actually believe it should be taxpayer funded on demand. 
But that's where Democrats, that's where they are. Because they're completely, they're far left. Their party's gone. There are, there is no such thing as a modern Democrat party anymore. The party is so far left, second wave feminists are coming over to Republican side. That's, I mean, no, I'm not saying this to be offensive. That is incredibly bizarre. Is that not bizarre? I was having this question with a friend of mine who is a leftist, hardcore leftist. But she's got a ride or die spirit, and I appreciate that. Hardcore leftist, like Bernie Sanders stuff, right? And um, we've never had a fight. She believes what she believes. I believe what I believe. I'm not going to, I have no, I'm not going to convince her. She's not going to convince me. I mean, I could if I tried. I really could, but you know. But she was saying that, and she's second wave. And the thing that was making her mad is that the third wave feminism that's like really taken root in the Democrat Party, they're the people who are using birthing person and let's, you know, uh, men can have babies too. Let's get women out of sports and let's erode protections for women. And she, because I asked her straight out, it was like, how are you strategizing? Like in your mind, how is your party strategizing? Because here you have this abortion issue and that was kind of a hallmark, a second wave, was it not? Except yet, like y'all said, safe, legal and rare. I'm like, are you guys going to be, you know, you're, you're called TERFs by the third wave that wants it all the time on demand taxpayer funded. Are you going to put your issue of protecting women, your women's protections and all this stuff? Are you going to put that to the side to work with the people who are calling you TERFs and want taxpayer funded abortion on demand up till birth? And she was like, I don't know what my party's doing. She's like, I don't think I can. She's like, I'm not going to be voting Democrat next election. I legit almost died. I screenshotted it. I said, I'm saving this. Just about died. But that's like, she's like, they're so far left. She's like, there's so much of the party that, that I just don't see. I don't identify with anymore. Like, that's crazy. That's how far left they've gone. So when Warren sits here and talks about Democrats as the minority or the Republicans as a minority, lady, your extremism is the minority in the country. But you you pull the levers like all the majority. And then you wonder why you're pulling your approval is in the toilet. Jiminy Christmas. It's 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 just wild to me. I have I wanted to get into some of the media malpractice here. Before we get into Florida, man, I know I'm all over the place today, guys. I, I'm like, I have all my stuff organized. I'm not actually all over the place, but I'm not going, I'm not following my rundown, like literally at all. So I saw this, this is Associated Press last night, and they were so hardcore ratioed. I, I actually wrote in the comments, I was like, I'm just here for the ratio. Here's, the, here's their tweet, ready? Elon Musk boasts that he's acquiring Twitter to defend freedom of speech. But he has long used the platform to attack those who disagree with him. Because apparently free speech excludes disagreement. Disagreement isn't free speech. What? Who's the moron running AP's account? Listen to this. This is clown stuff. Today in clown news, they write, This week, Musk is again keeping people guessing. First off, that's the worst sentence I've ever read. I have to just sidebar it real quick. My youngest, when he was writing his speech, I was editing it. And I was like, if you ever end a sentence with a preposition, I'm going to I'm going to delete your whole document. Don't ever do that. Don't split your infinitives. Make sure that your subject subject verb agreement is like, you know, legit and copacetic. Everything's cool. 
This week, Musk is again keeping people guessing. Seriously? First, he embraced a European measure to keep hate speech and misinformation off social media. Love those sentence fragments. Less than 24 hours later, he announced that he'd reversed Twitter's ban of former President Donald Trump, who's kicked off the platform for inciting violence. But not Mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, who literally verbatim said this is a call to arms on SCOTUS, literally said it. This AP, this horribly written AP story, this is one of the worst written stories I've ever read just on a grammatical basis. It hurts me and I almost can't tell you the story. Musk boasts that he's acquiring Twitter to defend freedom of speech, but he's long used the platform to attack perceived foes who dare to disagree with him. He's supremely confident in his own judgment and abilities, but he's openly acknowledged vulnerabilities, disclosing his angst over a breakup in a 27 interview with Rolling Stone and telling an SNL audience last year that he was the show's first host with Asperger's syndrome that those who dare to disagree with him is my favorite line you know he's not he's against free speech because he disagrees with people how dare he argue with people who don't think like him he's anti-free these people don't know what free speech is How dare, so wait, can we do that now? If you disagree with me, you're anti-free speech. <gasps> Ooh. Kane, you just got a little pass. I just got a little pass. I can't believe that someone at the, can I just, before I move, just real quick, that all made sense to someone at the Associated Press. Someone wrote it. Now here's where it gets crazy. Someone wrote that. They sent it to an editor. That editor sent it, or they sent it to a copy editor. That copy editor went over and said, yeah, this looks totally sane and good. They sent it to an editor, and the editor thought the same thing. This looks like a publishable piece. This is a go piece. And then they they published it, and then their social media person was like, yeah, let's take this go piece, and let's tweet it out like this. This makes sense. There's a lot, there's like a chain of command there at which every station is a moron. <sighs> Wow. I'm saving that. I saved it to actually use as a grammatical lesson of my child. I'm not even kidding you. All right. We got more. We have more to come. You don't want to miss. As you age, the fatigue and failing endurance you feel can't be fixed with more and more caffeine. So introducing a new way to start your day. Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that can give you the energy that you need and are good for you. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or candy for a quick pick-me-up. Add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. Because Super Beats Heart Chews' unique clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure as part of a healthy lifestyle. The grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Now for my listeners only, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com. Get up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. That's danasbeats.com. danasbeats.com. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Man, this is messed up. It's actually kind of funny. This jailhouse informant apparently has been working with Tampa prosecutors. 
And he's been arrested almost 40 times. And he kept snitching on his cellmates. So he would get deals, make deals with prosecutors on his own charges. And then after they let him out of jail, he killed a dude and then ran away from the cops. Yeah. Now, but now he's, his name's Paul Means. Gosh, there's something there. There's like a, yeah. So now it, and, and so now he's got like a trial coming up, uh, I think in a month for this murder. But I, I mean, think about it. He's snitching on all the cellmates that he gets so he can get sweetheart deals on his stuff. Is, how was he not killed in jail? Right? Yeah, what happened to the snitches get stitches? Where are his stitches at? Right. Naples, Florida. A Naples man claims he was shot in the butt by his own wife after he claimed she hit him with a car. Oh, my gosh. Jose Trujillo said he was riding his bike from work and home on Tuesday evening, and that's when Catherine Cruz, who Trujillo said is his wife, got in front of him with her car and slammed on the brakes. He goes, she happens to see me headed towards that way, pulls in front of me, hits the brakes real fast. I hit the back of the car. By the time he got back onto his feet, he said Cruz pulled out and cocked a gun. Really? She cocked a gun? Really? She, I, I just, really? This sounds a little old west. Like she came out, she had a revolver. Most women carry semi-auto. I don't know anyone. I mean, what she got? I'm not, I'm like, is the Smith & Wesson 38? What does she got? And even then, I mean, that's like, you know, you don't cock it. Uh, he goes, my instinct was just to run right at her. He goes, I'm holding her hands and she's letting off rounds. Apparently she shot four rounds. The fifth one, apparently uh, she literally hit him in the right butt cheek. And he showed the news camera his right butt cheek. He literally did. And you can see it. It's, an, it's, it's He got hit. And uh, he's, he screamed at her, chill, chill, chill. And then a good Samaritan stepped in and then stunned him using their taser. And he goes, I'm the victim. I'm the victim. She just shot me in the butt. And then he added, get a better taser because that's trash. That's an actual quote from the police affidavit. God bless America. So he, Cruz was arrested. Trillo went to the hospital. And he's like, he goes, well, you know, that's my wife. And as a husband, you know, we stick it to the end. He's like, that's my wife and I love her. She's good to me. He goes, but she's crazy as hell. That was his actual quote. True love. There's something romantic about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That guy. What did he do, though? My thought was, what did he do that he's just, like, brushing it off like that? Were you out pulling some shenanigans with some other broads, man? Were you? Stay with us. we got a third hour on the way. Dinesh D'Souza coming up. Hey, folks. My new special, Biden's Big Oil Lie, is available right now exclusively on the first TV. As gas prices rise, the financial squeeze on American families is getting tighter by the day. And instead of easing that suffering, the administration hides behind calculated red tape regulations to dismantle domestic energy production. And the motivation, why is Biden and the Green Agenda cronies, why have they sold out America so easily? I'll break it all down and explain the massive national security ramifications in Biden's Big Oil Lie. Biden's Big Oil Lie is available now for the First TV subscribers. Just visit thefirsttv.com slash Dana, subscribe and start watching today. And remember, as a First TV subscriber, you not only get access to exclusive specials and content, you're supporting the only network dedicated to the fight for free speech. And that's why they're called The First. So don't miss Biden's Big Oil Lie at thefirsttv.com slash Dana. 
Great. Is this yeah. burning point on the on the the formula issue at the White House? You mentioned the White House is involved. I, I mean, I, I at the White House, I don't I I don't know. I could find out for you and get you a person who's running point, um, but I I don't have a, a person in it. So that's the new White House spokesperson, Corrine Jean-Pierre, who's kind of giggling when she's asked about formula shortage. And meanwhile, I guess maybe if you need formula, go on down to the border, down in McAllen, where they got pallets upon pallets upon pallets upon pallets of it. Yeah. Whew. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Third hour, where we are scheduled to have Dinesh D'Souza at the bottom of the hour to discuss his documentary. Really well done. 2,000 mules. I mean, like, unrelated, real quick, unrelated to the topic, which we're going to talk about, the scoring, the way that the music is done, the cinematography, the lighting. It's just actually really well done because a lot of conservatives, when they do stuff like this, um, they, I feel like they're more focused on pushing the message as opposed to giving any kind of consideration to the artistry of putting something like this together because successful documentaries... They're successful because not just of what they're telling you, but the way that they look and make you feel. He did a good job with it. So we're going to talk to him about that. That's scheduled coming up. Okay. We've been talking about a lot of news and stuff. I've normally, we just, you know, every now and then I like to dive into something odd. So I, so this is all Juan's fault. Juan just took us right off the rails right now because I am fascinated by this story. Not the, now, ignore the name that I'm about to tell you because it, there's a different story here. I had no idea of any of this. So Juan shares this story, right? And it says Justin Bieber banned from buying a Ferrari. And it says that Ferrari has banned him from ever buying its cars again. They accused him of violating car modification rules. He apparently changed the color of his 2011 F458 Italia to neon blue. And then he modified it with the Liberty Walk body kit. And... Ferrari dictates that you cannot sell your car in your first year and it discourages these modifications. And my first thought was like, what? I didn't even know that they did this. So then there's like a whole, I'm sure that people who are totally into cars and I have some of my friends who are, and my husband who are ridiculously into it. My husband, when he's a teenager, rebuilt this Barracuda that he then sold for a lot of money. But, and I've never really, I mean, I, I know about Ferrari. I just... It's, it's, it seems like the 80s car, right? It's like an 80s car, right? I, I mean, I don't dislike it. I'm just weird. And I had no idea that they had this culture. I had no idea that Ferrari did this. And they do. They have all kinds of rules. Owners have to go to great lengths if they want one of these cars. I didn't know that. Like, apparently, the word is that, uh, and this is, was in uh, auto evolution said this is where the ferrari world is kind of like the vatican it's very mysterious there are a lot of trinkets you got to wear and a lot of rings you got to kiss and they say that the strict rules of ferrari ownership are you don't choose ferrari chooses you it's strictly controlled from the moment you decide to buy it not that i ever i mean it's like a ridiculous amount of money but from the moment that you decide to buy it and being in possession of it everything um it's like a very regulated, strict process, which blows my mind. Because I'm, I'm thinking, if I'm paying six figures for a car, I'm going to do whatever the Hades to it I want to, right? If I want to turn it into a Wienermobile like uh, with Oscar Myers, I could do it. You know what I'm saying? 
And they said that the exact nature of their rules, most of the rules they get from the fine print on the bill of sales. And then all of the, they say the controversy that accompanies the release of the limited edition vehicles. So they said that owners have to, there's like rules that all new and old owners have to abide without fail. You have to have a thorough background check. You can't just like walk into a Ferrari dealership and drive off in a new car. Doesn't matter how rich you are. And if it's a limited edition, apparently it gets more ridiculous. There's like a whole process to even be considered for that. And you can't sell it in your first year. You can't sell it without notice. They run a credit check on you. They do, well, obviously, they but they do all kinds of stuff. They say that um, like traditionally, room, you know, rumored reportedly, Men over 40 are preferred with no history of incidents and a good reputation, which, you know, Bieber's just got a lot of money, I guess. But they say just having money doesn't make you good enough to be seen at the wheel of a Ferrari. They like to maintain control over its cars even after selling them. So that's why they bar the owners. You have to sign this contract to get this car. Or they force them to inform the marquee before selling. They can't flip the cars for profit, all of this other stuff. I mean, this is crazy. Um... They like the option of taking back the car should the owner want the want to part with it. I mean, I they, and the sentence Ferrari frowns upon show offs. It's a Ferrari. Right. Like that's literally if you look up show off in the dictionary, it's a Ferrari. <sighs> and you can't you can't cover the badge. You can't do drastic altercations. Um, I I'm man. You know what this reminded me of? I read this article because I was amazed at why women. Now, dudes, this is where you're going to understand ladies. Let me explain something to you. For a lot of women, like their handbags are kind of like the cars. You know what I'm saying? And I read this story because I could not figure out why all these women were spending five figures to carry around a damn purse. And it was that Hermes Birkin bag. I'm like, why are these women spending $25,000, sometimes more, to carry around a leather purse that is made of leather like every other leather bag out there? I mean, I got my limits, people. You know what I mean? Like, I got my limits. And then, I, when I was like, fell into the rabbit hole, this is what I do at night. And then I asked my husband, would you like me if I only had two hands on, on two fingers and it was a meat fist, just a fist of meat with two stubs sticking out? I asked him weird stuff like that. So I'm reading this story and... <laughs> It says that if you go into one of their, I've never, I've never even seen a Hermes store. So just so you know, they said that if you walk into the store, you can't just walk in and buy one of those Berkey Birkin bags. You have to like actually, they, you have to be invited to take advantage of the opportunity to purchase one. You can't just walk in and get one. They're very select. And I'm like, wait a minute, you got to kiss someone's butt to spend five figures screw you here's a giant foam finger with a middle one that doesn't it's wild but it, to me like that the way that they control that room that's that, what i first thought of when i was reading this about ferrari i mean even does it but here's the thing if you had the money to do it would you though because i don't like people bothering me and i don't know you know what i mean did you know there's a blacklist of people who and we're talking celebrities who cannot own ferraris now I mean, Nicolas Cage is on there. Floyd. He can't own a Ferrari. He's right. a Coppola. Floyd Mayweather can't. Kim Kardashian, Black China. Kim Kardashian can't own a Ferrari. Yeah, no. She apparently was gifted a Ferrari like back in 2011, and it was gifted. So that's apparently a bad thing. You can't gift 
Yeah. Wow. It was a wedding gift from a, apparently a, quote, known financial fraudster on the run. Wow. So apparently that blacklists her. So here's the, so here's the question. Is it kind of smart to manage your brand to such a micro level to keep it from, like how Burberry kind of got trashy, to keep it from being trashy? You know what I mean? I'm just... I'm wondering, right? I mean, 50 Cent can't own one anymore either. Fitty? Yeah. He Man. complained. Apparently, the battery died in his, and he tweeted that it was some lemon. And then all, because he tweeted that, he no longer can oh, own Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't know this. All the car people out there are like, Dana. Dana, come on. I didn't know this. I didn't know. Man, I I don't know. That just, I mean, it, my husband's like, I totally do it. <laughs> what? Oh, so yeah, so Bieber's banned. But I, I yeah, I've never walked into a Ferrari showroom either. Our uh, our for, our Formula yeah. one, our Formula One listeners are screaming at you right now. Big big F one mm-hmm. fans because there's a whole oh, yeah. documentary about how exclusive Ferrari is and Charles Leclerc mm-hmm. and signs and all them. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, I don't dislike it. I just never, that was never the, I, I never walked down that road. But now, because they have this weird practice, see, that's the stuff that hooks me. If it's weird, I'm interested. So now I'm like, oh, I want to know, like, the psycho, because think about it. There's a psychology there. To micromanage something, to keep it from being, to keep, to keep up the allure, to protect the mystery, and to protect it against being seen as degraded by, you know, trash and flash. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's... You know, right. like you don't want to look, it, it doesn't want to be seen as nouveau riche, which I don't have a problem with nouveau riche, but you know, it's just very interesting. The psychology is fascinating to me on that. It's like the only place in the world where there's class is in Ferrari sales, right? right? Everything else is just garbage. Everything else is, you know, men can get pregnant too. And let's like show everyone our cesarean scar on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Like Kane was, you sent me this picture. So, okay, can I, again, we'll get back into the politics of it because I got Dinesh D'Souza coming up, but I, you sent me this one. Yeah. And I really don't have, I go back and forth. I'm like, do I have a feeling about this anyway? I just don't know. That's why I sent it. Yeah, I, but then, it's so Sports Illustrated featured its first ever model with a visible C-section scar, which I don't care. But the thing is, is they make it real low above your lady business for a reason. So that you, they, it can't be seen. And the chick in the in the pose, and, and I get it's a dude magazine, but the chick in the and she's like posing in a way where she's pulling down her bikini bottoms so you can see her scar. You wouldn't see it if she wasn't doing that. So I'm like, if you're really flashing the bits to show off this, I mean that's not the same thing because it's hidden. I mean if you're trying to, this is what I don't like what companies do. They they give women this neurosis because they're like, well. You shouldn't feel you shouldn't feel stigmatized about this thing right here that we're going to pretend a white knight to destigmatize. You know what I mean? It's stupid. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I mean, I I've had I have, I will have scars now from the surgery that I had to have, a medical surgery that I that I had to have earlier this year. Actually 7 weeks ago. I don't care. It's just, I mean, I guess, you know, it bothers some women, but the thing that it gets me about this is they're trying to act like they're doing I don't understand how this is like a favor for women. 
And also, can we stop like treating everyday things as though it's like a first, it's a big thing. We know that women have C-sections. We know that women have episiotomies. Is that going to be the next thing? Are we going to have like, no, stop. I'm going to stop myself right there. Well, Calvin Klein hired a pregnant man. That's a, new, uh, that's a it's a woman that had her boobs removed and she's pregnant right and she's got a beard they call it pregnant man but yeah yeah they call her a man based on her physical features that they say is sexist to acknowledge any other time that's the logic of the left right well how dare you objectify the bodies of women but yet if a man wants to appropriate the female sex he adopts those physical attributes and then you can totally objectify him you see what i'm saying it doesn't make sense to me yeah bigot oh and stephen king's a turf real quick uh you guys remember what that means a trans uh exclusionary radical feminist something that's what they call uh jk rowling because jk rowling's like women exist uh what's this steve king i'm looking for it i sassed him like way a long time ago uh, Steve King, Stephen King, the horror writer, he tweeted, if men could have babies, abortion would be a sacrament. And I just called him, you turf. Because isn't that turfy? That's pretty turfy. He's turfy admitting, sounds like a messed up smurf, yeah, by the way. He's admitting that men can't get pregnant. And that's clearly not the left's position. <laughs> Man. We, so we have a lot more on the way. Like I said, we're going to be talking about uh, 2,000 mules. Still have not heard from Dr. Oz. His campaign will not respond. They apparently don't want, and I just wanted to ask questions about the when you see it, it's worse when you when you don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I you shouldn't expect every host to you know be sweet to you and pat you on the back because again you're applying for a job. This is a job interview. Trump Media and Technology Group CEO Devin Nunes joins us to discuss the fierce battle over free speech. I'm Sarah Carter on the latest Sarah Carter Show. Nunes discusses the recent surge on his Truth Social site. Elon Musk buying Twitter, and the Biden administration's new disinformation governance board. I'll also explain how even our own military is now dependent upon China for critical products and how the problem is getting worse. Follow The Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So I saw this story. This is interesting. A jewelry thief on a motorcycle has just been robbing women all across New York City. He uh, zipping around on a crotch rocket, ripping necklaces off ladies all over NYC. And apparently he's so it looks like he's like most active in the Bronx. But he grabbed some woman's gold necklaces, $800, sped off, grabbed a pendant from a 30 year old woman waiting across the street, robbed two other women the same day. He got foiled on the fourth attempt in the same day because the chain broke and her necklace fell to the ground. Uh, they think he's about 40 years old, light skin complexion, medium build. He was last seen wearing a black jacket. He, it's a red and black motorcycle with a white helmet. I mean, it's a bright red bike. I, I mean, it's it just... But that is there. That seems like there might be a skill level involved there. If you're zipping around and you're just snatching women's necklaces off, that's, that's pretty insane. Uh, also couple of other headlines here for you. Justices are meeting for the first time since the leak of that draft opinion. Today is the first day. And uh, no one except for the justices attend attended. Uh, and so that's we're going to keep an eye on that. 2,000 mules. Talk about that next.
Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. But it will tell us who's in control of the Republican Party, particularly these big lie supporting candidates. There are at least nine running for office tonight, according to our friends at 538, for governor's races, for house races, including in that West Virginia race and the Nebraska gubernatorial race that I just mentioned. Very possible that those are the nominees we're going to see in the fall. Republicans supporting the lies about the last election. Uh, they could very well be voted into office and potentially do the things that Donald Trump wanted done last time in terms of overturning the, the race. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. So that's from ABC. And they keep this. They refer to any reporting of voter fraud as part of the big lie. And I've told you guys here how I had to actually get into it with our board of elections because there was someone who was illegally registered to vote at my home address and I just had they sent a ballot to this person and I had to kind of go back and forth to get that removed and I kept thinking that was that was like that was just me and that was just one instance and then you add all of these different instances up I've we've talked in the pa- in the years past about my friend Catherine Engelbrecht and True the Vote and all of the work that they've been doing over the past 10 years and how the federal government came down on them the late John Lewis was one of those people Elijah Cummings was one of those individuals that came down on Catherine Engelbrecht and True the Vote to work uh, and now there's a documentary after everything that happened with 2020 all the questions um, some of the the video that we saw from some of the cameras at the ballot boxes and everything else, we know that there were many instances of voter fraud. And the question always was, was there enough fraud to tip the scale? That was the question, because you can't you can't deny that there exists voter fraud. There al- there's always been voter fraud. But there were a lot of other things that played into this last election the reduced regulation, the reduced rules about voting because of the lockdown. You could just drop up, drive up at like midnight and drop a ballot in. And there was, I mean, it, there, there, it was crazy. And so there's a new documentary that is out. And my friend Dinesh D'Souza is the filmmaker behind this. It's really well done. It's called 2000 Mules. And I, I said this right before, as we bring him on here, and you guys know Dinesh, best-selling author, filmmaker. Dinesh, I have to tell you, you always do a really good job with your documentaries. And I hated missing the screening of this. I had just had surgery and I wasn't cleared to to come down and, and be with you last week. Uh, but I missed seeing it. But this is really well done because a lot of conservatives or even independents or libertarians, when they do documentaries, they focus so much on the message that they forget the other parts that are incredibly important. I mean, it's the, the cinematography is really well done. The lighting is really well done. The music, the scoring, the mixing. Um, it, it, it's a really you did a very good job with this, which makes it even more compelling. And it's really hard to to look away even when you get into the weeds of this issue so congrats on 2000 mules because i see now that over a million people have seen this it is one of the most successful documentaries to date uh congratulations and welcome to the program dana thank you very much uh in fact salem media was telling me that it's the most successful political documentary since my very first one which was obama's america 2016 came out really a decade ago and uh, no, it's thrilling to be able to put this out. It's new information. It's stuff people haven't seen before. And you know, there are some even Republicans skeptical about this issue They're, because because they've been led down some paths where they felt disappointed. Where's the crack and all that stuff? So I always say to people, look, you know, forget everything you know or kind of think you know about voter fraud. Just turn your brain on. Keep your eyes open. Watch the film. 
it's going to blow you away because it's not all the stuff you've already heard. It's mm. something completely different. And I have to add, too, because you've never oversold anything. Uh, I know that there were some people when they talked about the crack. And I mean, I think a lot of people you mentioned this, and I think this is incredibly important with the psychology of it. A lot of people really had their hopes up thinking that they were going to find the one thing, like the one big piece of the puzzle. But it is so much more broken up and more nuanced than that. And that's what this, I think, since 2020, that's what this conversation has been about. The people that you have in this, like Catherine Engelbrecht and Dennis Prager and others, these are not sensational people. These are not these are not barn burners. These are people who just do the work. You don't see them on TV a lot because they're busy doing the work. And I felt like you were very um, uh, purposeful in the way that you approach this. Tell me about that. Well, we got a very, uh, I got a really interesting idea, which was, you know, Salem Media said to me, we'd like to have our Salem hosts in the movie. And to be honest, I was inwardly groaning because I was saying to myself, oh my gosh, we're going to have these five pontificators and pundits and, and they don't really have anything to do with the movie directly. So then I got an idea. I said, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring them all into a room. I'm going to tell them nothing about the subject of the movie. And we're going to start by discussing what we know and don't know and believe and don't believe about election fraud. And we broke right down the middle. So out of the six Salem hosts, three of them were leading to, yeah, this election was stolen. The others were like, this is nonsense. You know, so we got all that. Then I said, all right, now we have Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips enter the room and start showing you their geo-tracking evidence, start playing these mule videos. You can see these mules stuffing ballots in the middle of the night. And we spontaneously captured the reaction of these Salem hosts, plus their questions. Mm -hmm. Very intelligent mm -hmm. questions like, what's going on? How do we know it's the same guy? How do we know that this geo-tracking is even accurate? All the, can we see the same guy at more than one location? Can we go, what if, he were, what if you were to grab him right now and take his ballots? What would you see? All of this stuff is in the movie, so it's beautiful for the viewer because that's what you're thinking, you right. know? And then at the end, we sort of have them sum it up. So what, have you learned anything? Have you changed your mind? So essentially I took the Salem hosts and put them into the story. Uh, but the way to do that was that they were completely unfamiliar with what they were going to see. That's a really good way to go about it. We're talking with Dinesh D'Souza about his latest documentary, 2000 Mules, because those are the questions when watching it. And I loved how it was done because those are the questions that you have immediately. Like, wait a minute, this one guy, because there was one video and, and the 2000 Mules, what the, the title of this is reflecting these people who are, are caught on camera and they're showing up. One of them was like in the middle of the night going to a ballot box in the middle of the night and and stuffing ballots into the ballot box. And it, it, and that's where this 2000 Mules comes into. And, and Catherine Engelbrecht uh, and Greg Phillips, they've done so much work on this because she's really tracked a lot of this over a t over a 10 year period. And like, for instance, the dumping at 1 a.m., uh, I wanted to ask you with the mules, how much of this was due to restrictions because of the due to the lockdown? Because there were a lot of states that. They should have amended their con their state constitution, and they didn't. We saw this in Pennsylvania and Georgia. Georgia voted to do this, where they had like the 24-hour vote drop-off, and uh, you could do a bunch of uh, no signature matching. You could do a bunch of stuff that you normally could not do during an election cycle, and the pandemic was used as the excuse. How much did that play into this? Well, absentee ballot or absentee ballot fraud or mail-in ballot fraud is far and away the most common type of fraud. And for obvious reasons, you know, if I go into a to vote in person, I'm in a confined space. Right. It, it's yeah. me. I've shown an ID. I'm going to be the one voting. Now, imagine if I were to pop my head out of the, the curtain and say, guys, 
I got to run home for a couple of hours and do some errands. I'll bring my ballot back filled out. They never let me do that. Why? Because the custody, the security of the ballot is immediately compromised. But every absentee ballot is is filled out outside of the scrutiny of any poll observer, any poll judge. So it's known to be the most common type, most vulnerable to fraud. What happened in the 2020 election is that these mail-in and absentee ballots that were previously a relatively small part of the election now became the norm. There were literally tens of millions of them going out there. And so the fraudsters go, this is fantastic. This is like a bank that is like called off the security guards. They told the tellers, don't be too fastidious about matching signatures. So I think that the fraud was ramped up, you know, 10 or 20 fold in the 2020 election. You had a line in this where you referred to this action, a criminal cartel, you know, masquerading as a democracy, this democratic process, and how it's not just because we've always said the phrase voter fraud, but now there's ballot trafficking, which I have never thought about that in this context until you all until you all started talking about RICO charges as though this is like widespread enough to be a massive criminal enterprise. Talk to us about that, because I, I don't think that voters actually looked at it with that perspective before. Yeah, I think even the phrase voter fraud is a little bit misleading because voter fraud is sort of like a voter at home who goes, hey, listen, I'll vote twice. Right. That is actually not a major problem in the election. What we're talking about is election fraud and election fraud is organized because we show essentially the exact same operation going on in Atlanta in the greater Phoenix area, in Detroit, in Milwaukee, in Philadelphia. So how could it be occurring? And, and you know, the left steps in their fact checkers, they go, well, you know, it is legal in some states to drop off the ballots of your family members. Okay, fine. In Georgia, that's true. If you're, uh, or if you're in a confined facility, you can give your ballot to a caregiver. But now we come to the videos in the movie, which will show you 3.27 a.m. in the morning, a car pulls up, a guy jumps out with a whole backpack full of ballots. Now, let's say he has a huge family. Okay, most normal people would drop all those ballots into one drop box, but this guy doesn't do that. He goes to 20 drop boxes in the same night across three or four counties. Now, why would you do that? The only reason to do that is you don't want to see a big surge in the ballots when they open the box in the morning. So you put three over here, five over there, 10. And that's the reason that these guys go on these extensive routes. They're trying to avoid suspicions being raised the next morning when the election workers open the box and see a big spike in the number of ballots. So this is a you can see when you watch the videos, it's a criminal operation. It's coordinated and it's all on behalf of one candidate, namely the Democrat. Hmm. We're talking with Dinesh D'Souza and his 2000 Mules documentary, which you need to you need to really see. And you can go to the website as well. 2000 Mules dot com. I was reading uh, Red State. Uh, uh, Jennifer Van Lahr did a really good job addressing some of the, the people, uh, particularly Associated Press, that was trying to debunk what you were doing uh, and and saying that, well, this is just, you know, it's just fear mongering and it's just sensationalism. And, you know, they talk about using cell phone location data. That's not reliable. That was a big thing that they were relying on. Oh, the cell phone location, data, the tracking of that's not the geolocation. It's not reliable. But correct me if I'm wrong, which you know, is basically rhetorical. That's what they use for January 6th to go after people with January 6th, correct? Well, yeah, and, and they use it to say whether you are inside or outside the Capitol door. So obviously it's pretty, It's it has to be able to pinpoint your location. Right. The CDC, I just look it up. They're using geotracking to see if people are social distancing. Well, for that to even work, it has to be accurate to within six feet. 
um, uh, Justice uh, Roberts uh, in the Carpenter case, which is 2018, he surveys the, the scholarship on geotracking and he goes today, meaning 2018, he goes geotracking is so accurate that it is the same thing as putting an ankle belt on a suspect or a criminal and being able to monitor their movements that way. In other words, it is absolutely, uh, it provides total precision and total accuracy. Yeah. And this was, uh, Greg Phillips did a really good job analyzing that because they were looking at the data of smartphones, Phoenix, Atlanta, Philly, Detroit, Milwaukee, Vegas, looking at that time period from October 1st through Election Day. And that's, they were, they said using that data, that's how they were identifying a couple of hundred of these mules that met this criteria because they were doing exactly what you were talking about, having a big old bag of ballots and they were going to a couple of different places. Uh, last question for you. Uh, and again, the website's 2000 mules. That's where you can go and, and, and see the trailer, learn about this documentary, which I highly encourage people to do. Uh, the, is, is this, is there an, I mean, I, I realize that there's enough here definitely to, in my estimation, view this under like a RICO statute. But is there any, I've seen Lauren Bobert, or let me pull this piece up. She was saying that there absolutely has to be an investigation into this uh, based on, you know, that uh, the, the RICO statute is, is that what you're hearing? Like what, is there going to be any kind of, I mean, it's nuts if there's no legal action over this uh, from everything in the video. Yeah, in fairness, the movie is just out. People are just seeing it. I just had Steve Scalise on my podcast. He's like, I've heard of the movie. Everyone's telling me about it, Dinesh, but I haven't seen it. I'm like, you know what? I'll FedEx you a DVD so you can watch it. So the GOP is only just getting a hold of this. Now, uh, in fairness, some of these areas are Democratic areas, and I'm not expecting a whole lot of you know, Democratic secretaries of state or attorneys general to spring into action. But there is a Republican attorney general in Arizona, Bernovich. Mm -hmm. There is a Republican establishment in, in Georgia. And yeah, you don't even need RICO. I mean, all you need to do, uh, True the Vote has the cell phone IDs of all the mules. They don't have the names, but they have their cell phone IDs. And that means that law enforcement, by the way, they do this every day. They just get a warrant. They go to the cell phone provider. They unmask the mules. Then they go talk to them. Hey, listen, who paid you? Who put you up to this? Who organized this whole operation? So these are like logical next steps to take uh, in the aftermath of the film, through the voters said, we'll be happy to cooperate. We're happy to provide all our data. Uh, I mean, we don't name uh, either mules or these organizations, the so-called vote stash houses in the movie, but I have their names and True the Vote has their names. So law enforcement can easily swoop in and take the next step. That's what really needs to happen. And we need to make sure that that happens and keep the pressure on. The documentary, 2000 Mules, it is a must-see. Dinesh D'Souza, congratulations again, and thank you for your work and, and really just bringing attention to this. We're grateful for it. Thank you, my friend. Dana, always a pleasure. Thank mm -hmm. you. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. DanaLash.com, go up where it says subscribe. That's where you can get that newsletter. It also is available in all of my bios on social media. And we'll have that interview with Dinesh D'Souza. You really do need to go and, and see that because there are, there's a lot there. And I was telling Kane on break because I know there's, Republicans are kind of divided on this stuff. I look at it like this. To me, there is not enough evidence to because the question is always, is there enough fraud to tip the scales? And I always look at it like there's not enough evidence to tell me no. And there's not enough. I want to see a lot. That's a big claim to make. I need to see evidence to tell me yes. But and this was one of the best explainers I've seen. It's really good. Um, it gets and, and Catherine Engelbrecht. I'd vouch for this woman six ways to Sunday. I've known her for a long time. 
She is not one of those grifters. She did not hang out in D.C. She stays in Houston. She has been doing this since King Street Patriots, that great group down there. Uh, her, the, her, the King Street Patriots, True the Vote. Uh, she's been involved in all of it since the very beginning days of the Tea Party. And she's just grinds without, you know, getting a lot of recognition and without getting paid. And it's just you have to do what she does. Uh if you really that's if you, you really really mean it when you say that you love the republic and you really feel as passionately as you do about the integrity of elections uh and she's very much like that and if she weren't involved in any of this stuff i think you know it'd be a lot harder to to talk about it but she's fantastic and it's very smart i'm glad dinesh worked with her all right um today's stupidity came oh and dr oz still hasn't responded that is true okay. all right so with, with the covid deaths surpassing one million uh dr fauci came out and said this so i don't think you're going to see all of a sudden one day there's going to be a declaration that the pandemic is over it will likely be that it is no longer in the pandemic phase and it's more of an endemic kind of infection that you could live with really where was this a year ago he literally just said this though he said it's not over like two weeks ago i know after he said it was over, and then he said it wasn't, and then he said it is. So many Christmas signs. Tomorrow's Friday, folks. Have a great night. I'll be back with you behind the mic tomorrow.